On this episode of the Team Cooper Podcast, Mr. Cooper provides a COVID update at the PLP headquarters. He addresses the following topics. The way forward, the Prime Minister's economic outlook, and political expedience. We hope you find this informative. Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman, party leader, fellow Bahamians, especially family islanders and residents of Exuma and Ragged Island. We're now nearly two months into a state of emergency in this country. And at this point, many are more concerned with their ability to earn a living than they are with the threat of COVID-19. Please don't mistake what I'm saying. The threat of COVID-19 is still real. And I believe many of the health measures that the government has taken have helped to reduce the spread of the disease. However, some of the necessary measures and other measures that were unnecessary have had the effect of decimating Bahamian businesses and our economy. And more importantly, they have made many people's lives unbearably difficult. This is not something I am saying from a political perspective. This is just reality on the ground. And you don't have to take my word for it. You need only turn on the news or go to social media. Many, many thousands of Bahamians are hurting. And they are losing hope that they will be able to feed themselves and their children. People are balancing, trying to keep up with bills, rent, and loans, and putting food on the table. As I said, many of the measures taken by the government have caused unnecessary hardship. Businesses that could have been operated curbside and delivery services were stopped for more than six weeks when they could have been open to provide revenue for businesses and income for employees. The government did step in with some social safety net action, but as I predicted, it would not be robust enough. And as I noted, it did not reach people quickly enough. And there is still a troubling level of complaints of people not being able to access help. There are large numbers of self-employed people in the informal sector with no business license and work permit holders, all who contributed but get no unemployment benefits. But thus, this administration can still mitigate such damage, though much of what has already been done, sadly, could have been avoided. Last night, the Prime Minister gave a Captain Obvious presentation and somewhat understated the picture of the state of affairs now and what the future might look like. Obviously, Bahamians don't need the Prime Minister to tell them that the economic activity has contracted and thousands of Bahamians are out of work. They already know this. The Prime Minister said that NIB applications suggest unemployment would hit over 30%. I maintain that this is low and understated. And I would remind them that there are many others who qualify for neither NIB unemployment benefit nor NIB unemployment assistance are now without help and without an income. Further to this, The benefits and assistance are not enough to meet the basic needs of most families, even accounting for less discretionary spending during the state of emergency. 
NIB Unemployment Assistance will be coming to the end of its eight weeks shortly. There is no doubt that the government must also extend the NIB benefit for another 13 weeks after that program comes to an end. The government should also offer tenants who qualify up to $500 per month to pay their rent, as opposed to the fake rental assistance program they launched, which does not really assist anyone in this equation and particularly disadvantages landlords. This basic stipend will have money circulating in the economy and lead to steady revenues through the continued ability of landlords to pay taxes. And this leads me to my next point. The government said revenue collection for April would have been roughly half of what was collected last year, April. It did not have to be this way. Family island economies except Bimini, Cat Key, and Grand Bahama could have been opened by the end of April. The real estate sector also remains closed. This sector is a major source of revenue for the government. They could have been finalizing contactless transactions this entire time. These industries could have provided much needed employment and taxes at this time. The Prime Minister spoke as if the common man has been feeling for many weeks. He, he finally recognized, and it's now hitting home what they have been feeling for the past several weeks, the government has now found out that the struggle is absolutely real. The Prime Minister says domestic, uh, domestic gross domestic product is due to contract by 14 to 20%. We will be lucky if that is it in the final analysis. We expect that it will be higher. And if we take the Prime Minister's estimation seriously, that would mean we will lose around $2 billion from our economy this year. These are serious times, and it gives me no pleasure to say I told you so. What I also said was that bold and decisive leadership is required. The tragedy of the Prime Minister's economic forecasting is that he presented no clear path to recover or replace that economic activity. The Prime Minister did what I call an aha moment last night when he talked about large and small-scale civil works to spur job growth and development. But he didn't say how many jobs this would produce or what the projects would be. As usual, the Prime Minister was vague and opaque on these important matters of finance. I trust that these projects will result in social and economic upliftment for Bahamians, addressing some of the real needs for average Bahamians, like quality and affordable housing. I hope that these projects will empower qualified and small and medium-sized Bahamian contractors. What I suspect, though, is that the government is once again looking to pretty up the upcoming budget in an attempt to make themselves look good. I don't actually believe that the government has a COVID strategy for the next budget. And if it does, there shouldn't have to be any wait any longer for the big reveal in the budget communication. The Prime Minister was also vague, very vague, that some people were left wondering whether there is a plan to increase VAT. 
but they did that already at 60%. My mother always used to say, save something for the rainy day, but they did not. I said eight weeks ago to limit the downturn, we must go hard and go early. The government is clearly reluctant to add any more borrowing to the three billion plus already borrowed that we have very little to show for, but they will have to borrow again. There is no way to fund the budget with revenues down as much as it now is. Why this cute game of trying to stagger it out so that fiscal prudence can be their claim? The needs are critical now, right now. If this wasn't such a dire state of affairs, it would be amusing. Eight weeks into the crisis, still no economic plan, still no strategy, still no money. This was our fair all along, and this is why we made recommendations swiftly. Our fair remains that the longer we wait, the harsher the recessions would be. I also note that the Prime Minister last night called for a broad-based patriotic spirit from the official opposition. This smacks of hypocrisy to me. I have communicated the PLP's economic ideas to the government, and we have not heard back from them. The PLP has not been invited to recommend persons to sit at the table for the Economic Recovery Committee, and we have not had updates other than what the Prime Minister gave yesterday. It does seem odd that the Prime Minister calls for bipartisanship cover whenever his decisions are unpopular, but takes all the credit for anything that seems beneficial. In the end, the Prime Minister painted a very bleak picture, but gave no assurance as to how we would emerge from this crisis. The Bahamian people already know the situation is disastrous. They are living through it. What they want is to understand that there is leadership in place that does more than speak to them as if, the, if we are unruly children to which threats must be levied. They want to know that there is a plan in place as opposed to the intent to explain what they can see right in the front of their faces. The PLP's recommendations from six weeks ago are still what we recommend today. Robust and intelligent borrowing to swap out old debt and raise capital for investment in digital and infrastructure upgrades. Food security, job programs, social safety net programs, business investment, and reducing the cost of electricity. We must use this opportunity to position the new Bahamas with significant reforms, new industries, empowering Bahamian entrepreneurs, proper management of our natural resources, and a sovereign wealth fund. In short, as I said before, inject money into the economy in the short term in order to take care of the needy, bolster the domestic economy, and stop prolonged economic fallout. I will have a lot more to say during the upcoming budget debate, but my time is now ended. But as bleak as the rudderless economy appears today, the good Lord has always favored us. And I am supremely confident that he will help us and we will rebound as a stronger country, stronger than before. At the beginning of this crisis, I reflected upon the promise in Isaiah 43 and 2. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shall not be burnt, neither shall the flames kindle upon thee. May God bless us all. May God bless the Commonwealth.
at the Bahamas. If you found this podcast informative, please share with someone in your community and subscribe. Also note that the podcast is available for listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Also, please don't forget to visit ChesterCooper.com to learn more about the initiatives Mr. Cooper is involved in in the community.